Hey, hey, beautiful people, and welcome to World Domination. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, and you are in the perfect place to level up. Here I cover all things personal development, mindset, healing, spirituality, and manifesting your most abundant and impactful life. All done with a massive dose of real talk and an open book policy, because who has time for superficial chit chat? Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing you, and thank you for showing up when it would be way easier to watch Netflix. Let's get into it. Oh, and don't forget to connect with me over on Instagram at the Monica Ferguson. Hey, hey, legends, Monica Ferguson here, and welcome to this week's episode of World Domination, where I bring you the incredible Victoria Parr, who is a world freaking champ and she is also my personal trainer and she has the most inspiring story of resilience and what's possible and creating this limitless mindset and I just can't even wait for you guys to hear it she is phenomenal so without further ado guys enjoy this week's episode and let me know what resonates okay yay it's working and everything and I reckon you're gonna have to um run this because I'm still gasping for breath from our workout. <laughs> First time for everything, I haven't had someone work me out before a podcast before. Oh, But welcome Victoria Parr. Thank you. So stoked to have you finally. Oh, So where do we start with you? <laughs> anyway, oh let's start with Wiki. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the closest where I can remember. <laughs> It's, yeah. the, it's all the training, eh? Yeah. Like, rattles your brain. Yeah, I'm still quite um, I'm on a high because um, our boy won a regional title on the weekend. It's a boy that had... Um, he... Oh, this is pretty scary, but he, in the ring, he um, got a groin shot. Yeah. So bad that we rushed him to hospital and oh it had split his bowel. Oh my god! Yeah, so poison was going into his body rapidly. Yeah. Uh, he was in hospital for uh, three weeks. He lost um, like 30 kilos, ridiculous amount. He was so skinny when he came out, and the doctor said, You'll never fight again. And he said, Yes, I am. Yeah. And this was this is his third fight, was his third fight back since the accident 12 months ago. Wow. So he's a different sort of animal. Yeah. This boy, um, and quite easily he could have been something else. He could have. He could, he's in daddy work, small town. It's not very much opportunity. Mm. So they travel all the way down here to Peterson for training. Yeah, amazing. So yeah, just a long hike from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something I found so interesting, and I've noticed it so much within fighters, <laughs> especially in this in our smack community. The mindset. It's everyone is so tough, like mentally. Like that, you know, like there's a doctor saying, you'll never fight again. He's like, yeah, yeah I will. Um, and there is, there's this real mental toughness. And like I just, for those of you following me on Instagram, I just put up a photo of one of the posters on the wall here. Because the whole gym here is kitted out with like the word champion and impact. And it's like fighting photos. And it gets you in that mindset of like there's a sign on the wall that says Return of the King. It's that kind of vibe. And I noticed that runs so deep. It's just like in the culture 
that everyone speaks like a fighter, they move like a fighter, they eat like a fighter, they think like a fighter. And I just find this so interesting, and this is why I really wanted to chat to you on here, to get into your mind, because it is so different to the, when you leave this gym and you see the world outside. It's totally different. Yeah, and everyone just settles for like average stuff, right? And in here, it really is this, this champion mindset. So I'm like, let's just get into your story. Do we yeah. start, should we start at the beginning? Like, when did you first realize or think that you were a fighter? Um, very early. Yeah. Dad is a martial artist. Yeah. Dad dragged me to training. <laughs> and Dad put me into training at five years old. So by nine, nine years old, I knew that I wanted to fight in the ring. Yeah. So I have, it's ingrained in my DNA. I have an uncle who's a boxing champion. Yeah. My my dad was a martial artist and took me to kung fu classes so um i knew very young but i knew very young about everything yeah i thought i wanted to be a police officer at nine years old and for right up until i was i don't know mid-20s i changed my mind but that's that was my dream job my dream job and my dream sport was to be a world champion yeah so yeah muay thai is the most probably the most real environment you could put yourself in there's there's, there's no crap here there's no bullshit no so, and, <laughs> no. Um, and it attracts that vibe that sort of person um um all sorts of walks of life i was a broken little girl um, walking into a, a kung fu gym where um you know structure discipline um just and it's quite spiritual as well and it's calming and it's real and mm. um, if you find yourself in a good gym which most gyms are great gyms um, you'll find yourself a home and, yeah. you know, and so growing up as a little girl um, in the 80s <laughs> I'm that old we won't tell anyone <laughs> right. you mean in the 2000s <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and having martial arts and having being able to skateboard, um, <laughs> climb trees. We came from a good era. Yeah. And 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 I watched. I, I didn't do cartoons. I watched John Claude Van Damme and Bruce Lee <laughs> all the way. I love it. Yeah. So it was ingrained. It was always ingrained. Um, yeah. And so my life has never changed. I met my husband through Muay Thai, I am in boxing, I got married, our kids are here growing up in Featherston. Yeah. And I couldn't get away from opening up another gym. So <laughs> yes, you know that we've got a gym in Auckland and now we've got one in Featherston and soon to be in Hart Valley. Yeah. Amazing. World domination. See? Yeah, for sure. So when you were so you were young and you started fighting and you decided, right, I'm gonna be champ. This is happening. We, can you talk us through that? Like, what was your um, your journey like? Even you know, as a teenager and stuff, training and and learning, like even getting becoming a, a champ. How did that even happen? Um, <laughs> lots of sacrifice. Yeah, lots of sacrifice. I wanted to do all sports as a teenager, yeah. and my mum said to choose one, and I chose fighting. Yeah. Um, Lots of sacrifice, lots of training. Um, I, my background is, I had strict parents, so I wasn't allowed to do much anyway. Yeah. So um, 
It was either be in a book or be behind a bag or behind a set of weights. That was my three options. And so there wasn't much else to do. Yeah. Um, luckily, I was actually in love with my sport. So yeah. I could do it. Uh, I, as a teenager, didn't like losing. Yeah. And I didn't like team sport. Because it just meant that the fate of the result could be could lie in somebody else too. So I just needed to have something that I could have full control over. So that's why I chose fighting over basketball, and um, and because I didn't want to do anything else more. And so I guess when you're growing up and you really want to do something, teenagers nowadays do have that mentality. If you want to be a farmer. That's all you're going to do as a teenager. Do your holidays uh, with mum and dad. You're just going to do farming because that's what you want to do. And that's basically what I did. Mm. Everything I did was based around fighting. Running, even downtime was watching other people fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was your training regimen like and your eating regimen? I'd be interested to hear about that. As a teenager? Yeah. As a teenager, you're really lucky because there's no weight cutting it's quite healthy as a teenager. Uh, coaches should tell you that you can eat anything as a teenager because it's uh, no use depriving teenagers of that sort of stress. Yeah. They're going to do it when you're an adult. Yeah. Um, but lots of meat and veg. Lots of meat and veg. Uh, but as I grew older, gone through puberty, and now a late teenager gaining weight, yeah. um, lots of meat, lots of, so lots of protein. No carbs. Yeah. But I'm the carb queen. I can have <laughs> chip sandwiches. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Cheat day was like cheat day. <laughs> um, yeah. Training uh, twice a day, six times a week. Yeah. So on the sixth day, you only train once. And then on, the, on your Sunday, which is no training, you should really move. Yeah. So you should just really just go for a little walk. Or swim, or be active. Yet it's not as um, t- a lion type of rest, especially mm-hmm. when you want to get somewhere. You uh, and now that the sport has evolved, then so we're no longer fighters. We're now athletes. So everyone has taken on that approach. Yeah. So everything from diet to rest to um, other luxuries like float machines, oxygen machines. All of that sort of stuff is now made available to us. Mm. So we're creating the whole package athlete. Whereas when I was fighting, everyone just wanted to fight and just did fight diet, fight training, which is the typical pads, bag, running, sparring. Whereas now we can swim, we can do weights. We've got um, therapists like physios and chiros and all those sorts of people who are there to help us do other exercises as well. Yeah. Cross training. Lots. Yep. So it, it's not easy to be a fighter now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know I've only just started. <laughs> yeah. For sure. This is so interesting. So I'm reading this book at the moment called Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've heard of it. Literally just started yesterday and I've got alarm bells dinging. So he talks about how one of the issues that we have is that we set a goal and we're only motivated by the goal. So if in this case it might be that we have a fight, right? So we're gonna go hard, we're gonna eat that way, we're gonna train just for that fight, but then we kind of, we don't have a goal, so we're not motivated anymore. But what you've just talked about is like an identity shift where if you're an athlete, 
You're always an athlete. So even if you're not fighting, you're still training like an athlete, you still eat like one, you still think like one. It's this real identity shift like from the inside out. Absolutely. It's nothing external. It's like it's who you become. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. So your whole lifestyle changes. Once you do, once you want to be a fighter as an, as in, in terms of competition, there are different fighters. There are bucket list fighters who just want to do it once and see how they go or do it for charity or do it because they've never done anything really and they want to give this a go. Yeah. Then there are fighters, which most of my fighters are, they want to become a champion. Yeah. So a fight is only a building block towards that goal. Yeah. It's not the end of the goal. Yeah. So they are in the gym straight away. Yeah. So my boy that just fought on the weekend, my yeah. last words to him was, enjoy your beer. I will um, <laughs> check in on you on Sunday, but I will see you on Monday. Yeah. Because he's got something else. He's flying to Christchurch in six weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, your whole life changes. Yeah. It's uh, one big sacrifice. Yeah. 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 And it truly, like, I can't even put into words. I mean, how long have I been training with you? Like, probably six a weeks? couple of months now, maybe? Yeah. Ish. And honestly, my whole life has changed. And I'm not just, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Like, my, my mental state, I was saying to mum the other day, even, um, like, I was walking through the supermarket the other day, and I saw my reflection in the, in the freezer, you know, in the glass. And I was like, even my posture has changed. The yeah. way that I carry Shoulders myself. Back. Yeah, you I feel... I find that, that you've done that too. Yeah. Like, you're totally, your body's changing. Yeah. But everything changes because, not just your mindset, but just how full your soul feels yes and yes all the endorphins running through your body and you do short bursts and then you go straight to work and you do all that sort of thing and and so you just ride on that bus yeah when you leave here yeah <laughs> um and yeah because you enjoy your training so much yeah so you're just gonna go shower go to work and do your thing and still be on a high yeah yeah there's something yeah it's like it transcends the physical that's i guess the thing like whereas other workouts as such it is a workout you know but this it's i can't even put it into words it but like i love what you said before about you find like your your home like your family that's yeah. what it is it feels like oh my god like this is where i was always meant to be yeah um yeah so my gym both gyms have that vibe yeah and it's created by its people. Yeah. And once you have good fruit in your bowl, other good fruit take to it. And, you know, there's no a bad fruit in this place because I won't allow it yeah. because it's home for so many people who are going through so much. Yeah. And half of the people that come in here don't want to be fighters. Mm. Half of them are searching for something. Yeah. Um, need it yeah. for their own physical or emotional well-being and or just want to be with other like-minded in individuals where they're not going to be judged so you could be yeah. any color any size any age um and you can just walk in the door and yeah. guaranteed my fighter will say hello to you yeah because you're not allowed to be bullies because a bully free zone yeah and you know and that's the thing with fighting as well it's really important that people it's it's not seen as it's it wasn't really accepted mm. and it still can be frowned upon yeah combat sports yeah but um do you know like 
we all try and we're all pretty anti-bully yeah and and that is a big thing yeah yeah bullies don't like coming to martial arts gyms because they get found out and they get and they get told you're a bully yeah and they um so that they don't that people think that it's going to be good for a bully to come to a martial arts gym yeah it's not good for a bully to come to a martial arts gym you're just going to learn how to fight and be and and use that on other people yeah so um mm. unless you want to change yeah bullies have no business in here yeah 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 um and i'm just gonna do a little plug because i've had heaps of interest in you since i've started sharing about it too but one of, so it's so funny right because from the outside looking in you see all these fighters and all these shredded people and you're like oh my god like i don't fit in there but what was so interesting with you it was like the first time i met you and I remember because we were, we were chatting on Facebook Messenger before I came, and I was like, oh my God, like because there was a bit of me that was freaking out, you know? But then there was a part of me that was like, come on, like I'm ready for this. And I remember our chats, and you were so sweet, and you were so nice, and I was like, oh my God, this is, like I feel so welcome before I even got here. And, um, and then when I got here, and I remember maybe like my second training that we did and one of your fighter fighters showed up early for his training yeah and it was freezing cold and it was raining and you made him warm up outside so i wouldn't feel uncomfortable just in case (laughs) and i was just like that is next level thoughtfulness like that does not happen in other gyms i mean that doesn't no one cares the like city fitness and all that kind of stuff like no one cares but that's the culture and it was like whoa this is like another world like that, that's why there's this vibe, it's you, because it trickles down from the top. So, there you go. Shout out for Victoria, she's awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm so curious to go back. So how old were you when you did your first like professional fight? Do you remember? Or relatively? <laughs> um, well, I was set, uh, mid-twenties. Yep. Because I went through amateurs first. Yep. So my first ring fight, I was 20. My yep. first mat fight, I was nine years old. Yeah. So kids can fight on the mat. Yep. And they can fight up to 50 times before they're teenagers. Wow. Because you just mix and mingle with other um, martial arts. And just to get the kids to have um, some mat time. Yeah. And yeah, started in the ring. Yeah. At 20. Yep. Um, wh- which is... You, we never saw female fights back then. So I'm talking, now I'm being honest, <laughs> um, 26 years ago. Yeah. Yep. So um, it was quite a novelty for a female to be fighting back then. And it was a big thing. So I was the only girl in my gym yeah. of boys, of professionals. Yeah. The biggest gym in New Zealand. Yeah. In Auckland. So, you know, Baumaoli Ga is where um, all of the names... Uh, in New Zealand come from and here's this little girl wanting to be a wheelchair wanting to be just like these guys and yeah had my first fight then and I took a sabbatical eight years to get drunk in Europe and um, (laughs) you know (laughs) and live in Aussie and um, but that was in my 20s because when you were a kid and you do a sport for so long those breaks are required if you're wanting to because now i'm a lifer this is where i'm going to be for the rest of my life and you do need that sabbatical you need to have that little break yeah 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 did you ever doubt 
And your ability to be a champ. No. Love that. <laughs> no, but then I don't, I didn't, I, um, yeah, I'm that kid. I'm, I'm quietly confident. No one really knows unless you ask yeah. or unless you just see. Yeah. So I'm smiling to the ring. <laughs> there is people, fighters are different and champion fighters because Mike Tyson used to say that he would be shit scared. Um, and it worked for him because he's a beast and a legend. Whereas I am different. I there is nobody that can beat me when I'm walking to that ring. And I've been beaten. I have been beaten. But um, it, when I walk into the ring, there is no one that can beat me. My confidence is a hundred percent. Then there's no doubt in my mind. I don't doubt my training. I don't doubt my fitness. I don't doubt my abilities at all. Yeah. I just don't think that there is any room for that because once you doubt, it, it might play on you in there, and it's just you know it's a lonely sport. Yeah. Two two minutes of having somebody trying to take your head off. Yeah. So doubt has no place. Yeah. In, in that thought process. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I try and tell my fighters that there are. I've had scared shitless fighters. They're, like, they're wanting to pull out before we go out, out there. Yeah. Basically, just pick them up and chuck them in. Because they've come so far. They've done yeah. all the hard part. Yeah. 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 Got that mother so, bird in the nest day, like, throwing them out. Fly, yeah. fly. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. So, yeah. No no doubt. Yeah. Amazing. Do you, um, do you like, do you remember losing, having some big losses? I haven't had big. I haven't had many losses. Yeah. But I do remember my first loss, and I remember crying for a week. Yeah. Um. And I'd been undefeated right until I was thirty-one. Yeah. So I remember my age and how you know like how how much it hurt. Wow. Yeah. Um. And because it was a little bit controversial, took a long time to get the results to be read out. They added, re-added, re-added, and I'm and at that point in time I was like, ah. Oh, hate it when this sort of thing happens because usually means there's something fishy going on yeah and then i lost and um i did end up rematching rematching here she's a world champion from south africa yeah and um and i won that fight the rematch fight but i do remember um it does take you into some dark places that's the dark side of having so much confidence so much um you know self-motivation and self-confidence and mm. then to have it taken away from you and you just put yourself in a dark position and then you cry for a week and then but that's that's a young victoria who didn't know how to lose and my loss came so late in life yeah so um yeah and you know i was a confident young woman and young fighter and I was doing a marketing degree, and then I lost, and then the whole world came caving in. And um, but that's that needed to be done. Yeah. Because then came, you know, I I must have lost. After that, I think I've had about four or five losses after that, and you just learn to take the lesson. And yes, there are tears, but not week long. You know, gradually I was starting to just sort of like shed a tear on the night and think, oh well. Because you learn to, because when you're young and you're fighting, 
really selfish. But when you're a mum, a partner or a wife, um, or an auntie and a daughter and that, those things, you get reminded real quick what's important in life. Yeah. Because fighting takes up so much of your time yeah. and your soul and your money and your everything yeah. that when you do have a down moment like that, you you learn real quick what's really important. Mm. And so you learn to sieve through what you're doing it for, whether it's for pride. Yeah. Or whether it's because you love the sport and you're, you're just a veteran and you're just doing it because you're, you're a lifer. Um, and I will probably hop in the ring again for charity, for to raise money, uh, for whatever. But I definitely don't need my ego stroked anymore to have another fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a growing Victoria. That you know, <laughs> when you're a champion, you're also a different, different person. And and then you and then your life hits you with things like children and a husband and you and reminder that your parents are getting old and that sort of thing and then you think oh yeah 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 that's why sometimes i don't really go back so much i'm right focused on what's ahead yeah. my kids my kids in the gym my champions building champions and although i feel comfortable talking to uh, about myself i find it really boring because other people love it you yeah. know this this young girl <laughs> this young girl you know um, abuse, going through trauma, coming out of that. World champion, yay! That's great. I love it. I love it, and I love that it inspires a lot of people. Yeah. But um, I know my boys and girls in the gym do just the same too. Yeah. They inspire a lot of people out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's so cool? Listening to you speak is like it really feels like this is your calling. Like this is where you're meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're so humble. Like you're sitting here <laughs> like, oh yeah, well, champ. Like da 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 da. But you're so humble, and that's one thing that I've been amazed by just getting to know you this whole time. Like, I like the more that I've learned about you, and when I talk to my friends and stuff, and I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, legit, just had coffee with world champ. Like she's my trainer three days a week. Like I get to start my day with you three days a week. That is so cool. Like that yeah. is so cool. Yeah, I love that. And that, I love but that. that's so inspiring. Like. Yeah, there's so much about your story that is so inspiring. And, like, from a mindset perspective, and what I want everyone who's listening to really hear, is your thought process, and this is why I wanted to chat to you. Like, when I said, you know, did you ever doubt yourself? And you're like, no. And this is the thing. Your your mind, your mindset, your subconscious mind was like, I am a champion. I am a world champ. There's no doubt about it. So oh, guess yeah, what? Yeah. That had to happen. It has to happen you when you're dreaming about that. it. Yep. When you're dreaming about it, like, I would literally... And I used to think, yeah. am I schizophrenic making up these scenarios <laughs> in my mind of me winning, party? Like, I literally <laughs> would go through the whole whole thing i'm only 16 years old i'm nowhere near being a world champion or a champion of any sort but i'm like i'm envisaging it already yeah um and i do that with a lot of things yeah before i got married i already knew how what why that was gonna how it was gonna happen yeah um and i pictured it over and over and over i must have walked to my mirror over and over again, yep. practicing my walk to my music to make sure that it's all in sort of, yeah, totally, just like, that's me. I love it. 
and this is what we do right this is how we create like it's a visualization it's it's putting it in our subconscious mind so often that it doesn't even know the difference between what's imagined and what's real and because it's so it's in your head i am a champion okay cool so we better figure out how to make this happen and that's what happens that's that's so powerful so powerful same as if you wanted to be a lawyer yep or a doctor or a mum. Any, yeah, literally. Anything. Anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, you got to put it out there. Yep. And then putting yourself in the end state. So you, because you saw yourself as the champion now, even though you're 16 in your room, like, I am the champion. You, you weren't like, I will be. You're like, you saw yourself as the champion now. And that's the key. That is the key when it comes to our subconscious reprogramming is to put up because our mind doesn't know the difference are we just dreaming it up or is it real it doesn't know the difference so when we embody that energy and that feeling now it has to happen it has to (laughs) i'm a millionaire i'm married to the love of my life i have the best health i've ever had all these things i'm a world champ like whatever it is yeah Yeah. and if you fall short you might like the thing is when you aim that high um when you fall short you you know when you you might fall amongst the stars rather than aim, like if you're aiming for the sky if you fall short you might fall amongst the stars you know that cliche saying but yeah. <laughs> if i'm going to say i'm going to be a millionaire and i fall short and i have eight hundred thousand dollars in my bank account not quite a millionaire hey you are laughing all the way to the bank yeah so it is um yeah, it's just basically setting your sights that high and then believing in your ability to do yeah. it. That's the key. Because you had the belief system in yourself to back it up. You weren't like, I'm a world champ. Oh, but I doubt myself and I don't feel good enough. You were like, this is it. I'm it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And I love that because that's such an uncommon way of thinking in our tall poppy culture where everyone's struggling to feel good enough. You know, to Absolutely. actually believe in yourself like that. And this is what we do, right? This is all the work that I do as well. Um, and because it, you've got to crack people out of their ego where they're like, oh, I don't want people to think that think I up myself exactly. or um, <laughs> who, what will they think about me if I act like this? It's like, who cares? I'm a world champ. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't pay my bills. I'm going <laughs> to act like this because I need to do this. And it's not hurting anyone yeah. to believe in yourself at all. And I've got two little girls that I'm raising and I don't want my girls to feel any less than what their mother felt at their age and minus the trauma my girls i could see my girls just um being little mini me's yeah their shoulders are back um that it's yet so humble yet so so humble my girls but their shoulders are back they're confident they're strong um yeah they 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 do ooze out with so much um because uh they're just around they've raised in a gym so they have this social um environment for them and they're in in amongst other kids as well and they're raised by me Uh yeah so can you adopt me (laughs) i've adopted so many kids it's just not even funny do you know how many non-related kids call me auntie? It's just ridiculous. They have thousands ridiculous. by this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm fine with that. I love it. I love, I love community and I love kids. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So I'm curious about, well, many things, but two in particular. One is, what was the vibe like in your boy-dominated gym when you started having success 
as a girl. What? How was that? Oh, um, it's great. The boys don't mind. The boys love it. Yeah. The boys are proud of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're lucky as females. Well, it was just me for, uh, and then my sister joined me after that. So as um, females, we were lucky. We got the strong men to spar. Uh, we had boys to hold our pads. We had no, 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 no pettiness. Yeah. There was just no room for it. The boys found it hard anyway because it's quite a male-dominated sport. But because me and baby are just such tomboys anyway, they didn't mind. And um, yeah, no, the, and I think you'll find in most gyms the boys are proud of their girls. Yeah. And they protect them and they, you know, pop them up and they um, do treat you like sisters. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in that environment and growing up and being successful in the in a male-dominated sport, boys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's New Zealand culture. Yeah. Might not be in say places like Morocco. Yeah. And <laughs> Iran, where the sport is growing and there's a big, huge male-female um, division there, mm. but not in New Zealand, because in general Kiwi men love their strong Kiwi women anyway. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 love it. What do you reckon the ratio is now between men and women? Oh, um, there's only a fraction of women um, fighting, only a fraction. Mm. So at a world competition, yeah. um, I would say there'd be quarter, a quarter. Um, so where there is maybe 200 male fighters oh yeah maybe about 60 to 70 female fighters probably not even that probably yeah around about a quarter yeah in a gym yeah in amongst fighters it yeah it's only a small small portion only bigger big gyms in the city like my sister's gyms have have a strong female contingent whereas i have one two three there's three four fighters here in smack featherston and there are um, a dozen boys plus all the other boys that train as well yeah. with them so yeah just it's always going to be that way yeah and it's it, it's really important to grow the sport female female wise but it's not an inviting sport to <laughs> to come to for females yeah which is why it's important to have female trainers yes and yeah, you definitely make it very inviting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I totally <laughs> resonate with that. When I yeah. first joined, and because the fighter that you made work out outside um, that day, and because he had just come back from like an injury, like a shoulder injury or something, yeah. and so he was telling me about that. And I think that first time that I was here, you were telling me about broken legs and all sorts, and I was just like, shit. <laughs> like, like, oh, but it's worth it. It's all good. Like, everyone's got a freaking injury, and you know. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, so I, can, I see how it could be quite intimidating. But, like, nothing comes close to that feeling of power within yourself. Like, how good you yeah. feel. Like, literally, you know, at the end of our workout today, my hands are shaking and stuff. And it's like, you literally give everything that you've got. You smash this bag or whatever it is. There's just something that happens to you internally. Yeah. It's like, Absolutely. and because it's that as within, so without thing, when you feel so powerful inside, that resonates out and reflects into your external life. 
you stand differently, you speak differently. Um, people say that to me, like, man, even when you talk is different. And it's like, it's more, there's more strength, there's more conviction, there's more power. It just, it does something when you feel strong in your body, it does something to you, to your mental yeah. state, to your emotional state, your confidence within yourself. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, um, yeah, I can see that in you. Yeah. Lots, lots. And I see that in a lot of people here. And it doesn't take long. No. No, it doesn't at all. And you might not even lost, some of these people haven't even lost weight yet. Yeah. It could be just like their first week, but yeah. already, yeah. they're just their posture changes, their outlook changes, um, the way they feel about themselves. Yeah. The way, now, now they're dressing a little bit different. Yeah. Yes. Love, Love it. it. So, okay, I'm curious and I'm sure everyone else is. Can you tell us about all the things that you've won, all the championships and stuff? Um, <laughs> yes. Listen how humble she is, guys. This is ridiculous. Let's hype her up. Uh, let me see. <laughs> um, so, I've got my black belt at 16. Uh-huh. Um, I was already, so by the time I was 16, I'd had 50 fights and I'd had won a few national championships. Um, maybe five or six and then by 20 I had my first fight by 25 I won my first New Zealand title and then I defended it not long after that 30 I won a world title and defended it not long after that and then I used to also be the president of Muay Thai in New Zealand and I went over to take my team to Uzbekistan, which is a beautiful place in the middle of Iran, yep. uh, next to Iran and China. Um, and they were looking, a girl who comes every year, who was about almost 100 kilos, um, she could never find an opponent. And I was, I think, maybe say 80 kilos at the time and then on three days notice i fought her and got a silver medal and that champs so yeah (laughs) and just um so i've got two belts and silver medal and so many other national championships and i've had probably close to um maybe over 100 fights including my mat fights when i was young Yeah. yeah yeah Do you miss it? No. Yeah. I, don't, I, I um, miss the thrill of fighting. Um, yeah. If you ask me at a very angry, selfish time in my life, like in my 20s, why I love fighting, I would tell you it's because I love beating people up. It's mm. a very different outlook, you know? Yeah. This is a girl who's been through a lot yeah. um, and who really only has direction. This is her vent and this is all she's got in her life. Yeah. And then this girl grew up, went overseas, did a bit more and then she learnt that actually no, she fights because she loves the sport and because it's a now an art for her. Yeah. So there is no reason for me to want to go back to any egotistical way or or reason to to go back to fighting i miss the thrill that's great i don't miss the training yeah (laughs) 
But I play what? rugby. <laughs> but I play rugby. So I, I do train all the time. But I don't train yeah. like a fighter anymore. Yeah. Um, and I play rugby. And I love rugby. Yeah. So I've just found something else that is going to sort of um, give me more time at home and more time in the gym to teach. If I'm fighting again, guaranteed that my fighters won't get the best of me yeah. for their fights. And I'm just, yeah, I don't miss it at all. Yeah. Sometimes, well, actually, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. But not for the reason that these boys fight. Mm. These boys are chasing something. I'm not chasing anything anymore. I'm chasing your goals. Yeah. You know, and I'm doing, I'm, I'm being part of those journeys. Yeah. And that's really important to me now. Yeah. Yeah, so when did you decide that it was time to retire? Um, when my children asked me to. Ah. Yeah. Um, when my daughter said, I, I don't really like you playing rugby, but I definitely don't like you fighting. So she has, she's 11 now, she's seen me fight twice. Yeah. So a lot of my fighting was done before my kids. And she yeah. said, I don't. I don't like it, Mum, and I'm really scared. And one of my daughters actually fell sick just before her father's fight. So my my husband started later on in life as well. So that's my journey as well to try and build him up and get his title belt that he wants, and 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 set those goals for him. Yeah. So my kids cannot handle having two parents. No. <laughs> Older parents too, you know. Like we're not young spring chickens anymore, and that hurts them. So. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm just going to train up. <coughs> I'm just going to always be training. I'm always going to be ready. I'm always going to be fit. Yep. And um, know how to care myself and my children and my family and protect my household. Yeah. So that's where I'm going. That's my drive as well because I don't know. Society's pretty shit at the moment. So <laughs> like, I don't feel yeah. like. Uh, I feel like I have to be a ninja all the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what, what my goal is, is to just be ready and and just hone in on those skills. Yeah. 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 Like well, be like a Shaolin master type person. That can't be tough. That would be cool. I love it. Yeah. To have those skills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, can you talk about your gym in Auckland or like the process of setting up gyms as well? and how that all sort of kicked off for you? Um, so my trainer, I inherited my gym 20 years ago. Um, my trainer had started off in an old building and I took our gym and I put us in an industrial place and fundraise and all the rest of it. it. The gym was tiny before, but now it's full blown. It, um, they, they have five classes a day. It's pretty busy up there. They do a lot of youth work. Mm -hmm. So youth organizations go to Smack Gym and my sister will facilitate a program for these kids. Tuangana will go and do a sports certificate. They have a sports certificate and part of one of their components is martial arts. They'll go to Smack Gym and do training. A, a lot of fighters out of that gym. Mm. Um, I I think I would say, to, uh, to be fair, I've probably won 100 titles with my fighters out of that gym in Auckland. Wow. Some of my fighters have got seven titles. Yeah. So it's not long to go through your champions where 
actually that's 100 bouts yeah the lad gym is but hq is very very strong and now it gets looked after by my brother and sister who are real champions as well and (laughs) yeah (laughs) my poor parents we say that all the time we say that all the time we actually really feel for them because they've had it rough when it comes to sports their children did not choose an easy sport for parent to watch no they yeah. must be hyperventilating all the time like freaking out yep yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it gets it, i think it got a little bit easier but it didn't get easy so it just got from them being shit scared yeah. to them being scared but it's doable <laughs> they can watch it yeah my, and my dad is martial artist my mum loves boxing too you know luckily they love it mm. they secretly love it they just don't like they just don't want to see their children get hurt or hit but it's kind of like part and parcel yeah mm. yeah <laughs> so when did you set up this gym in featherston featherston is now five years old yeah yeah so we don't have a big flash building like um, HQ does like Auckland does with the you know the good tagging and all of that and the big the big ring, but um, Heart Valley is going to open up soon. Now we're in the wrestling club, so I can't put our ring up. So Featherston have their own ring, um, so we're going to open up in Heart Valley as well, mm. and we're going to stick the ring up there and just keep using the wrestling club for Featherston. Yeah. So the inspection will have three gyms for me to. Lose sleep over. <laughs> That's so good. Um, so what are your goals with your gyms now? Um, I quite like the way that we're going with opening up little gyms all, all around New Zealand. Yeah. Um, obviously, the goal of making champions is always going to be there. That's my first priority, is to train fighters up. But hey, I want to be able to get this gym in another building, mm-hmm. um, make it as flash as Auckland, and give them give them their nice little home before I set off in, into the middle of nowhere. And so, <laughs> I think for long term, this gym will actually belong to one of my fighters. Yeah, like I did with my sister up in Auckland. Or they'll manage it. This yeah. will be mine. I just don't want to be in the gym twenty four seven. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I like it, but I need my balance as well. Yeah, and I love being in the middle of nowhere. And eventually, I will be remote. I'll be in like Pungaroa or somewhere by the coast or somewhere, um, doing the gyms part time. That's my long term goal. Yeah, I want to be able to have staff like Auckland and for Featherston and for Hutt Valley as well so that it runs itself yep. and I just can do the casual droppings. Yep. CEO. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So good. Totally. So, yeah. so good. Oh my gosh. Okay, we've got time is flying. So let's finish up with one final question. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yep. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is like pursuing a dream, a goal, like big one right now um you gotta um i would advise to always have a balance 
make the sacrifices needed and don't cut corners. Yeah. If you want to champion anything in life, if you don't make the sacrifice, if you cut corners, um, you, you, you definitely won't get to, it, it's just a dream. So, you know, when you want to be a lawyer, they don't do three years and then they become a lawyer. They do five years of no sleep, constant assessments, constant assignments, exams. That's what it takes to champion a law degree. Mm-hmm. And if it's whatever it is that you do, we, you know, you've got to make the sacrifice and then not cut the corners, and, but always attain balance because if you don't have balance, it won't work. It, um, it'll backfire and it, it'll be too much for us so we just got to always check in with ourselves and make sure that we've got balance because I've, I've learned the hard way of not having balance yeah. and um, I got sick and because it was all go, 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 go yeah. so make sure that you check in with yourself and always look after yourself and go hard beautiful Thank you for listening. I would love to hear your key takeaways and aha moments from this episode. And I just want to remind you that you can do amazing things. You're incredible. And if no one else today has told you they believe in you, I do. Only a certain kind of person listens to a podcast like this. The best one. Go get him.